Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Jesus. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. He has trampled on death by his death. He has given eternal life to us. Glory be to Jesus. The Lord is with you. Have you ever experienced the power of God at work in your life? Have you ever experienced the power of God at work in the life of your family, the life of, the, of your friends, or the power of God at work around you in the world, in the community where you live, and in society? Today's sermon is a reminder of the power of God, and next week we will relate to you what God's power can do. And so I'm returning to the lectionary readings for today. However, not all of them. Our first reading comes to us from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 to 10. And the verse that I've singled out to share some thoughts with you is verse 7. I want to read this verse to you as it was written in the Holy Scriptures. And this is what it says. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, this stone the boulders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. A second reading comes to us from the Gospel according to St. John chapter 14 verses 1 to 6. Verse 1 is the one that we have singled out for our family worship service today. It reads as follows. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. This is the word of the Lord. Today is the fifth Sunday of Easter. Let us join together in prayer. Eternal God and loving Father, gently make each one of us more and more like Jesus. In the reading of your holy scriptures, may your word be heard in the meditation of our hearts, and may your word be known, and may we rise up this morning and love faithful lives to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray this to him with you and the Holy Spirit. One blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. The theme of our family worship service this morning is trust in God. Trust in God. We are wrapped up in it all with people across the globe. We are wrapped up in this challenging time with people across the world. Our trusting in God does not mean that as Christians we are immune to challenges. Our trusting in God does not mean that as Christians that we are immune to difficulties and tragedies and turmoil and hazards. Our trusting in God does not mean that we as Christians are immune to dangers that confronts you and me from time to time and that confronts the world from time to time. Diseases such as COVID-19 today and other disasters were struck from time to time. And many times disease or disaster will struck us on a personal level. Disease and disaster will struck us on a family level or community level or provincial level, or even on a national level. But today, today COVID-19 struck us on a global level. Every person in the world is affected by this disease 
affected by this pandemic. And so it takes and it will take us an enormous amount of energy. It will take us enormous amount of skill and intellect and creativity and human ingenuity as we wrestle with COVID-19 in an effort to overcome it and to, and to reign in victory over it. COVID-19 is so destructive in its nature. At the preparation of this chart, the coronavirus has destroyed 265,657 people's lives across the world. COVID-19 has claimed their lives for itself. More than 3,800,000 people were contracted and had contracted the virus and it's battling with this invisible enemy. In South Africa, 153 people has succumbed. 153 people has died. Not only does the coronavirus destroy human life, the virus keeps us under lock and key. It keeps us apart in distance. It keeps us apart and for many poor and destitute people who have no access to social media platforms, it is difficult to maintain good and healthy relations with family and friends. The virus created an awareness of the poverty around us. The virus created an awareness of the food crisis in the homes of many of our people. The virus brought with it death and sadness and sorrow. It brought it into our homes, not only into our homes, it brought it into our hearts. The coronavirus plants our ailing economy into a further crisis. And it brought with it untold suffering as it sweeps across the globe. And so it seems to me that the demands that COVID-19 place on us want to outstrip our faith. And it want to push us to push us to a point where the challenges that it brought with it and the risk that it poses want to surpass our spiritual resources. And so who said that life will be easy and that life will be plain sailing all the time? Who said that life will be easy and plain sailing every day of our lives? Who promised you and who promised me and who promised all of us that a Christian life will be easy? To say today that life with a Christian life will be easy and plain sailing is the denial of what Jesus Christ taught us. One thing is however certain and the one thing is that we can declare and we can declare it with a confident trust and certainty and that is that God's word is filled with blessings that God's word is filled with promises and so let us turn to God's word as we listen to and as we reflect on our readings today in our text John chapter 14 verse 1 to 6 Jesus prompted his disciples to trust in him and to trust God in order to receive the blessings and the promises from God's hands. And so God has on his mind to bless the disciples and God has on his mind to bless you and me and our families. God has on his mind to make his promises to become true in our lives. But in order for us, 
but in order for God to bless his disciples and to bless us and for us to receive their promises and blessings we need to do something in return for God and Jesus says this when he said trust in God trust also in me and so why did Jesus say to his disciples in the moment of distress in their moment of sadness and pain and despair and in a sense of hopelessness hopelessness that wanted to overwhelm them why did Jesus say to his disciples to trust in God and to trust in him surely there must have been a reason for this confident reassurance from Jesus a few verses before the text in John chapter 14 verse 1 to 6 Jesus told his disciples that death was staring him in the face John chapter 12 verse 33 reads The hour has come for the son of man to be glorified He also said to his disciples that one of them shall betray him and one of them shall deny him And so John chapter 14 verse 1 must be understood and must be must be read against this background against the background of betrayal against the background of denial and against the background of death and it's against this kind of background that Jesus says trust in God trust also in me and so in their moment of sadness and pain in their moment of uncertainty and sense of hopelessness comes the comforting words from Jesus These words trust in me and trust in God brought a sense of relief and value to his disciples. The words of Jesus is comforting. Not only to them, but the words of Jesus Christ is also comforting to our souls in the most challenging times in our lives. And when we face in life moments of sadness and moment of pain and grief and sorrow as we struggle with the death of our own loved ones or as we face and are faced with those personal challenges at this time these words comes to the disciples at first to strengthen their faith in god and to strengthen their faith in jesus as the lord and savior of their lives But Jesus is about to walk the way of the cross. And so he said to his disciples, don't only trust in God, and don't only trust in me for this moment, but trust in God and trust in me for what is to come. Trust in God and trust in me, not only for the here and the now, but trust in God and trust in me for all eternity. Don't only trust in God and trust in me for this moment. But trust in God and trust in me for what you are about to experience because what you have, what you are about to experience is far greater than what you have already seen. How we know that the disciples have already seen the restoration of the sight of the blind they have already seen the restoration of the casting out of demons out of those so possessed They've already seen the calming of the storm on the sea of Galilee. They've already seen how did Jesus touch lepers and how they were cleansed of leprosy. They've already seen how Jesus set a crippled woman free. And most importantly, 
how Jesus raised one of his friends from the dead. Jesus wants his disciples to trust him because he knew that the God in whom we put our trust is a God who worked on a different level than human beings. Therefore, the far greater experience lies not only in the immediate future for the disciples, but it lies for all eternity. It lies in the distant future. And when Jesus says, trust in me and trust in God, it will bring a far greater experience to the disciples and to all of us who believe in Jesus Christ. And so Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 formulates the thinking of Jesus in this way when Isaiah said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Knowing this, that God works on a different level than human beings, with his death on the cross of Calvary, God will lay bare the evilness of people. How people can scheme together, how underhanded they can become, how underhanded they can be, and how people can play with the power that God had given them. Behind all of these scheming, behind all of these underhandedness, behind this abuse of power and godless living, there is Satan who is coordinating it all. Jesus' resurrection will be victory over sin and death and evil and Satan. And so those who play with their power in the world today on a national scale or who abuse their power or abuse their power that people in our community loses their lives. That very right to life that we have fought for so hard during the days of our party should shiver in their boots, be filled with fear and begin to tremble when they hear these words. Trust in God. Those who has caused a food crisis in people's home. And in the home of that mother who was arrested for the selling of achar to keep the pot on the stove. I'm not referring to the police officers that arrested her because they were simply doing their work. I'm referring to everybody who was standing behind them, inclusive of the designers and the architects of apartheid and the people where the, where the virus originates from. It is all of them that caused that crisis in that woman's life. And they should shiver in their boots and be filled with fear and they should be filled with tremble. Those who has caused the loss of life, the rapid increase in unemployment rate and plunge our economy into a crisis should fear and tremble and shiver in, the boots, in their boots. And you ask me why today. They should be filled with fear and shiver in their boots and tremble when they hear these words, trust in God and trust also in me. Because God says in 1 Peter chapter 2, 
verse 7 to 8. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. And a stone that causes men to stumble, a rock that makes them fall, as these verses refers to Jesus Christ, and it, these verses refers to the divine power of God that is at work in the world today. Satan and his dark forces of evil, this divine power of God cause Satan and the, and the dark forces of evil ultimate downfall. And we can see it at Calvary on that Easter day, on that Easter Sunday. Satan thought he had the upper hand. But God shows that God works on a different level than we as human beings. And therefore I say, and therefore I urge you this morning to trust in God and to trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord. Because God is with us. God is walking with us through this painful, difficult crisis in South Africa, painful, difficult crisis in the world. And God's purpose is to open for us a way to get rid of what is bad in our society, to get rid, is what it, to get rid of what is unhealthy in our society, and God has on his mind to get rid of what is evil in our society. And whatever your personal crisis is, amidst the global crisis this morning, God will make things right for you. And your life will take on a new meaning as you trust God implicitly. And all that you need to do, all that you need to say, and all that you need to confidently declare with me this morning is to say, I trust in God and I trust in Jesus my Lord in my moment of personal crisis. Or that I trust in Jesus and I trust in God in this crisis that I, we experience right now in the world. Or that I trust in God and I trust in Jesus my Lord for the crisis in which the crisis in which my family experienced this at this time. If you don't know God, these words, trust in God, trust also in me, should fill you with fear, it should fill you with trembling and make you shiver in your boots simply because you don't know God. You don't know the power of God. You've never experienced the power of God. But for those of us who knows God, and utter these words. Those of us that knows God and speaks about the power of God knows that God is at work in the world today. And that the far power of God is far greater than what we allow ourselves to believe. I can testify to this. And I will do this with the next sermon. And so glory be to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and forever will be. Amen.